You are listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast featuring members of the New York City Fire Department. We want to share stories from the field, best practices, lessons learned, and help save lives. Welcome to this edition of the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Battalion Chief Brian Mulry. Today's guest is Lieutenant Ray McCormick from Ladder Company 28. Ray, we're not going to ask for a bio. We've been here before. We know you worked. How are you, Chief? Glad to be here. All right. Good to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about standpipes and standpipe operations. I've learned on this podcast, I know I told you earlier, I, uh, a lieutenant from 10 Truck, he told me about the World Trade Center site and all the intricacies of their standpipe system. There is a lot to learn. I guess I realized what I didn't know. We are a vertical city, as everybody knows, but uh, the proliferation of residential high-rises into boroughs that probably didn't have that many is really growing by leaps and bounds. So companies that weren't really standpipe companies are now having to include that in their repertoire, and uh, it's very challenging. Yeah, yeah, all over the city they're springing up. You've been at it for uh, in the borough of Manhattan for 38 years and change, if I'm not mistaken. That's correct. And uh, accounts for Midtown, accounts for Uptown. So you've operated at more of these operations than most people. Yes, throughout my career, I've had high-rise in Midtown. Of course, we had commercial high-rise as well as residential. And then when I moved uptown, we had more of a residential high-rise than office buildings. But we tend to get a lot of our fires in those residential buildings. Yeah, we do. Let's just touch on the different types of standpipe systems real quick and give us a brief overview. Well, there are basically two types that we deal with. One is dry, and we need to supply the whole system. And the other is uh, has a fire pump system, and it already has water in it. So one will have everything we need right away. One will have to supply to get what we need. And anytime you take your operation vertical, it adds a lot of challenges. Just getting the system up and running for us is a challenge. And we always want to make sure that the system is pumping what we need and, of course, a little extra. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's it's one more element in the equation uh, at the fire. So why don't we start at the beginning? Let's just uh, start talking about your company. Maybe we could use as an example, Standpipe Bag. What do you like? What do you guys have in it? Well, we there are certain things you need to have in every standpipe kit. There are required tools, such as the inline pressure gauge. We use a new one now. It's digital. It gives you the pressure and the gallons per minute flow, and that is something you want to attach to the outlet. It has sort of an elbow built into it, which allows the line to have a more gradual approach to the floor. It sort of reduces that first potential kinking spot in the line where the standpipe hose hits the floor. So we have that. And of course, we would be nowhere without a pipe wrench because unfortunately, a lot of our systems do not have valve wheels. So A lot of our people get good at using the wrench, and that is a a critical thing that we need. One of the other things that you definitely need is a second nozzle in your bag, just in case it can happen. I've seen it happen where the we normally have a standpipe hose pack that has a nozzle attached to it, but if for some reason that pack was not taken into the building, then we wouldn't have a nozzle. So we always carried a spare nozzle in the bag. And one of the other little things that's nice is having some sort of a pry bar that you can put on the wheel in case you need to, you know, give it some oomph because a lot of these wheels haven't been turned in decades. Yeah. So corrosion's uh, an issue. Yeah, in some corrosion. Spots for sure. 
So there's also fittings that are kept just in case we have a fitting that comes out. We can put a national pipe thread fitting in there to FDNY thread and be back in business. So there are a lot of tools, vice grips, things like that, obviously wedges to keep the doors open, things like that are very important to what we do. And uh, a well-packed standpipe kit is a little on the heavy side, but yeah. we have to because we can't go to the apparatus. It's it's 20 floors down. We're on our own. So you want to bring everything you need and maybe a little extra just to be on the safe side. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we do a hypothetical? An ordinary high-rise fireproof MD will say it's a fire on an upper floor of a 40-story building. Upon arrival, your first order of business, finding the Siamese. A lot of times we run into different problems with Siamese and fire department connections, as they're called in other places. Yes, the FTC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are some common things that you run into, you've heard about, that, and well, how do we, how probably do we solve Probably some them? of the most common things are either intentional vandalism or storage of things that shouldn't be in there, soda cans, bottles, things like that. So usually our chauffeurs deal with that. So they'll stretch their three-and-a-half-inch hose to the outlet, and in an attempt to get water in the system, they will have to deal with all of these things, missing caps, clapper valves that maybe aren't functioning correctly, debris. So they are kind of on their own for that. The second do, chauffeur would, of course, assist with that procedure if necessary. And they also are well aware of the fact that if that is not going the way it should, the secondary fallback procedure for them is to attach that line to the lower floor outlet, usually the first floor outlet. And that, some companies, we had a special bag just for that. So we had the fittings in there that we needed, and they understood the procedure, bringing the water to the outlet and then opening the valve so that any water that was in there stayed where it was till we had fed the system. So there's a lot on the chauffeur as usual. The engine chauffeur is a critical component of any successful engine operation, and they are hustling initially just like the firefighters are to get upstairs their role is downstairs on ground level, but it's equally important because we want that system pumped. We always pump the system just in case we need to, and we always want that fallback in our back pocket so that you know we know that we're going to be able to put water in this system if need be. Yeah, yeah, and it's real teamwork too, that first and second do show for teaming up because it's... And that teamwork follows upstairs. Yeah. Um, for the engine officer... They need to get off two floors below the fire. One of the reasons is, of course, scissor stairs. And scissor stairs can be confusing for some people. And what are some problems you run into with scissor stairs sometimes? Well, yeah. the, one of the issues with scissor stairs is that it brings you to a different location on the next floor. So if you don't use it from two floors below, your orientation could be thrown off a little bit. Your orientation with scissor stairs is the same every other floor. So it's a little different from what we normally deal with, which are typically half-landing return stairs. Mm -hmm. And some buildings have that, but most of your modern high-rises have scissor stairs. So they are two separate stairways. They crisscross each other, and um, they put you from one spot on one floor to another spot on the other floor. So orientation is, if you came out of the elevator on 10 and A was to your left and B was to your right, they're going to be switched on the next floor, but on 12, they're going to be in the same spot. Mm -hmm. So lots of times we do get off two floors below, but our hookup site is typically one floor below. So unless a change in direction is done on the floor below, 
you could end up coming out further away from the fire department than you really wanted to. So yeah, for our officers, it's something they have to take a few seconds to consider because you really don't want to make a U-turn on the fire floor if you can avoid it. If you can come out closer to the fire apartment, that's the strategy you want to employ. Mm -hmm. Not only for getting to the apartment, but when you leave. Otherwise, you will be passing a stairway. You'll be following the hose line back diligently the correct way, but you'll pass a viable stairway that you could have possibly exited sooner. So that's important to our members to do that. So a little time spent downstairs pays big dividends upstairs. Finding that apartment mm -hmm. if you have an apartment. Yep. So the engine officer is, is pretty much tasked with where are we going to hook up. In some buildings, there is only one riser, so that choice is pretty simple. But not only making a decision as to where to hook up, using all the available hose should be used. There's no point in leaving one off to the side. If you brought three, use all three. If you think something is going to be longer than three, then you need to get a fourth length. Typically, that comes from the second do engine company. So for the second do engine company, they need to get close to that hookup site as well, just in case we need their hose. Yeah. And uh, we're going to need their support for the fire attack, mm -hmm. obviously. But initially... Do we need additional hose? If so, that's pretty much where we're going to get it from. So the engine officer is tasked with a size up as well. They may do a floor below survey to see where the apartment is. And the big thing with that is if you take a scissor stairs, it could be further away when you get upstairs. So it's, yeah. it's really something you have to think about and look at. And once you understand how they work, it, it's something you can control, obviously. So... The preparation for the stretch is, at this point, the firefighters are making up the packs. Mm -hmm. They're connecting them together on the floor below. And the officer is doing this survey and comes back and reports back, this is the stairway we want to take, and this is what I've decided, and I think we're good with mm -hmm. our current amount of hose, or we need to add hose. Yeah. And you talked about hooking up on the floor below. Let's talk about why we always hook up on the floor below. Maybe we could talk about some exceptions after this, but... You know, we've uh, learned the hard way why we hook up on the floor below and maybe we can expand upon it. We have learned the hard way. Years ago, we were allowed to hook up on the fire floor, and we've learned that that is not what we want to do. And as a good practice, best practice, we don't, we don't do that anymore. You always want to hook up on the floor below. We have enough hose to accomplish that task, so it's not about that. So we take that out of the mix. Even hooking up on the outlet in a stairway on the fire floor is not something we want to do. So you do it from down below. You get your game plan down below with your company officer and the firefighters. You put all the hose together, and you prepare to do your stretch. If you're following the hose line out, the last thing you want to do is end up on an outlet on the fire floor with nowhere to go after that. So obviously the idea of bringing the line from the floor below is a safety factor for us. Someone following the line will go to the safety of the stairwell and be able to go downstairs into an area that's clear. So that's very important. The only violation of that I could think of would be somewhere like a large factory or something that somebody had maybe hooked up on the fire floor. Right, right. The only thing I would say, when if you did that, you would have to put a search line attached to the riser and that would go out to the outside. That's the only way you could yeah, yeah. make it so that 
if people are following the hose line out, they can actually get out. So yeah. we've used search lines before. We're not advising to do that, but you know, a search line is something, you know, get yeah, you well, out. Well, we're talking about a high-rise MD and, you know, these standpipe systems are in huge facilities, shopping malls, and mm -hmm. just anywhere they need to reduce stretches and the amount of lines. So that's a completely different operation. Correct. Right? Okay, so now we're hooking up. We're talking about hooking up the lengths of hose, flaking it out, being prepared for the, for the stretch. Can you give us some pointers? So the control firefighter will handle the hooking up of the hose to the outlet. So basically, the outlet is flushed. Make sure there's no debris in the outlet right there. They'll test for a flow. They'll clean it out, shut it down. Now they'll attach the inline pressure gauge. Turn that on. And then they'll attach the last length in the stretch to the inline gauge. And then the hose line will be stretched by the balance of the crew. Now, the stretch will either be wet or dry, meaning if it's wet, the line will be charged in the safety of the staircase. If it's dry, the line will be charged in the public hall of the And let's talk house. about the reasons why. You know, uh, we'll control the door. Right. So control of the door is key. If we have control, and that's fire department control of the fire department door, then it is viable that you could bring the line into the public hallway stretch it out completely, and then call for water. If we do not have control of that door, if there is fire coming out of the apartment and we cannot control that door, we must stretch the line in the staircase, get it laid out as best we can, and then add water to the line, and then bleed the line, of course, and then go out to fight the fire. The stairway door is a symptom of the fire apartment door. If we don't have control of the fire apartment door, you're gonna have heated smoke and gases, mm. maybe even flame coming towards that open stairway door when we open it because that causes a low pressure area. But um, the fire apartment door is the critical factor here. We have to have that under our control at all times. Yeah, well, let's go with that. Let's go, with, we don't have control of the fire apartment door. Now we're, we're gonna hook up and stretch that line, flake it out in the stairwell. So the members would hook up the packs together. This has been the procedure for over 20 years. Attach all the couplings together, stretch the pack out. If there's any extra hose, they can pull it down the stairs. The stairs are always available. We're teaching currently to use the stairs for pretty much everything we do. And they'll bring up the lead length and maybe some additional hose, bring it up to the next platform, charge the line, bleed the line in the staircase, and then when the officer is ready to advance, they would advance. The bleed off a standpipe is another interesting factor that's different than our normal hand stretch. When you do a hand stretch to the sixth floor of an H-type, your chauffeur knows exactly how much pressure to give you. In a standpipe system, we give a range, a pressure range, which is fine. But firefighters need to understand that when they first open that line, that nozzle could be at a very high pressure because we're gonna dial it down typically. So I just tell them to be mindful of that, to hold on to that line because we have to get this done in one motion and one take basically. So I tell them if you need to kneel on a line, that's fine, but you're gonna open the nozzle bail and the nozzle could be very hot, so to speak. So open it up, be expected to give you a ride, so to speak, and then shut it down. Now, there's a communication issue here. The control firefighter is on the floor below. 
You could be in the hallway on the fire floor. So there is no direct line of sight. There is no verbal. It's all going to have to be done over the handy talkie. So it's not instantaneous. So the water is going to flow for a bit. And then when we get the final communication that the control firefighter has us dialed in to whatever the pressure is, and then we just shut it down. The only thing I tell people is try not to bleed it towards the elevator. If you can think about it, try and bleed it in the other direction if you're in the hallway because if we lose the elevators early in an operation, that does not help us at all. So just a little forethought, you know, if you're facing the elevator, maybe just flip it around and and bleed it the other way because that is a lot of water. So All right, so now you're hooked up and you have your line charged and ready to go. We just talked about how so many different areas of the city, these buildings are popping up, and they're not the standard high-rise MDs we're used to going to fires in. So what about in an instance where you find yourself the dreaded short stretch? Well, that can happen. Hopefully it's only happening because the distance in the apartment is more than you thought it was. Typically, we... Well, we have that too. Like some of these MDs, they combine two, combine multiple apartments. Sure. So our typical setup is 50 feet. That's what we say. The, The nozzle length, the lead length is for that unit. But as you said, it could require more than that depending on how it's laid out, the turns, or just the size of the unit itself. So it's possible that a short stretch could occur. If that does happen, the job has decided that the line will be removed from the apartment, the door will be closed to the unit, we will have control of the door, the officer will radio down to shut the water off to the line, the controlled firefighter will close the outlet, the line will be bled of any pressure, Mm -hmm. and then we will add an additional length of hose at the standpipe outlet. Once that's done, the line will be recharged and it must be bled again. Otherwise, the line will be at static pressure. Once the line is bled, we'll get an estimate from the officer as to how much further, how much hose they need. And once the original lead length goes in, we'll help push in additional line to get the fire out. So that can happen, obviously. Adding it to the back was a decision the job made just recently. And the nice thing about it is it puts everyone on the same page. Everyone will know this is exactly what we do. And we're doing it in a clean atmosphere. And we have the personnel now staged downstairs to assist with this forward advance. So it works out pretty well. I've done it at the academy under both conditions, and it's, it's a good move. We have a new standpipe hose in the FDNY. It's, it's a, let's say it's a major change. Could you explain a little bit about it? Sure. We've decided to go with a different package for residential than we're doing for commercial high-rise. So in commercial high-rise, the stretch will be all two-and-a-half-inch hose. In the residential, the lead length, the nozzle length, will be a two-inch wide hose with a one-inch tip. And that flow at 50 PSI is 210. Hmm. For our high-rise commercial, at 50 PSI nozzle pressure, our flow is 265. So we've reduced our flow. And we've lessened the water weight in that line. It's about 50 pounds lighter, that lead length, than a two and a half. So that's really good for our residential package because, you know, we have a lot of tight spaces in these apartments and we need a line that's easier to pull down the hallway, one that we can keep open more frequently and flow. And the nozzle reaction pressure is reduced in this line as well. And we're going to find that we are going to have quicker 
uh, extinguishments with this hose package. Another nice thing that we really don't talk much about is if a firefighter is leaving the occupancy and is searching along the hose line to get out, once they encounter the two and a half inch hose, their, their hand is going to expand around the hose and they're instantly going to know that they're going the right way. So that's a nice thing with this blended system, if you will, that we're going to have a good target flow. Our target flow is over 200 gallons a minute. And we're going to have a lighter package that we're pulling into the apartment. And uh, it gives us all the advantages. It's very similar to an inch and three quarter, but without the negative friction loss that an inch and three quarter would bring. So it works out very well. And we also, one thing we added to this hose was a painted midpoint. So when the packs are made, the standpipe hose packs are made up, there's a visible red midpoint on each piece of hose. Now, what that does for us is it allows us to use that as the pull point on the pack. So in other words, if we were to do a dry stretch and we brought the lead length to the apartment door, we unclip the buckles, give the nozzle firefighter the nozzle, gains control of that, and we just pull this midpoint back and it flakes out the line in one fluid motion. So we're using that to go up the stairs, down the stairs, and on horizontal surfaces. And it really makes the stretch easier and quicker and everyone understands how it works. And the other thing is, it's a nice visual cue as to how far the line has advanced as well. Yeah. So it, it, it works for us in all, all capacities. Yeah, it seems like a lot of additional benefits for sure. Mm-hmm. Ray, I know you're involved with the Back to Basics. This is a great program that we cycle through every now and then, and now it's back on. Maybe tell us what, what we're focusing on right now. Well, the Back to Basics program involves every firefighter on the job will come to it, which is a great opportunity for us to touch all these firefighters with some good, really good messages. The first part of our half day is apparatus positioning. So we want all the firefighters to understand that the placement of our apparatus is critical to the success of our operation and that when they do things, whatever they do, right or wrong, there's an implication to that and it affects the other units. And we're trying to just lay out the best way to respond, basically three engines and two ladders and then even our fast truck can, can find some space at these fires depending on how the apparatus is laid out on the street. And we go over all of it and we talk about the different burrows and the different incidents that can happen. And our instructors are both firefighters and officers, and they come from all different parts of the city. So we have quite a range of people with quite a range of experiences. And we've all come together. The chiefs that have designed this program allowed the officers to have tremendous input and the firefighters. And so this is really from the ground up. This is a new program and it does tremendous good for us because everybody understands now what to look at. Even if it's just awareness, they're not necessarily driving the fire trucks, but they have an awareness of what is a good position versus what is not so good. So it's really going to help us a lot. Another uh, program we do is a cancer awareness uh, program by an organization called 1540.org. And they outline a very sad story of one of our members who, who died from cancer. And basically just an awareness of your health and how to monitor your health. It's very simple. And the firefighters really like the program and the idea of preventing you know, little steps yeah. prevent. So that's a good program. And then the one we have a, a little segment on the cockloft nozzle. 
and how that's deployed and how it's going to be used in the future. And then, of course, we talk about the new stamp pipe hose. And then ultimately we go into the building and we do three stretches with each group, three stamp pipe stretches. So we use the scissor stairs and we use the return stairs. And each group gets to see their third one is in the opposite stairway. And we've gotten great feedback on that. And we show them how this works. So it's great. The firefighters like it. It's a very systematic approach to your stretch. And as much as we can, we've covered most of the bases. We do the wet stretch. We do a short stretch down the hallway of 25 feet. We do one that's 50 feet, and we do one that's 75 feet. We do three lengths and four lengths. So they get a good view as to what they might see in the field. And of course, we encourage them to drill on this on their own, of course. You don't get better just by thinking you're better. You have to practice. So we encourage them to do that. And the mood and the um, feedback we get is very positive. And I think our rank and file gets the fact that, you know, we want to be better. We want to take care of people. We want to take care of our own people. And the only way to really do that is to be sharp. And uh, that's the big message that take part of your day, night or day, and, and invest a little time in yourself and uh, your fellow firefighters, and it'll pay dividends. Yeah, the Back to Basics program is one of the most valuable programs we have. Great people teaching it, like yourself. And uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't add, you're coming to the end here, 38 years and change. Yes, sir. The next few weeks, you're going to be uh, moving on to the next phase. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Of course, I'll miss the fire department tremendously, but I'm going to keep my hand in things a little bit. And uh, I've had a tremendous opportunity in the New York City Fire Department. And uh, my last year has been really great. I'm the lead author of the Engine Company Operations Manual. I had help with some very talented uh, yeah, everybody's looking forward officers. To and I think uh, the rank and file are really going to like the style of our our endeavor and uh, i'm real proud of it and so i i've had a great year and i've had 38 of those so i'm very happy yeah i have to acknowledge you know you've 38 years and right up to the end you know you were out there doing it in some of the bit i mean 69 and 28 that house has to be good for 15,000 runs a year and to make it so long out in the field it's really it should be acknowledged and, and applauded well honestly. i appreciate that i appreciate that very much thank you yeah and we're looking forward to that's going to be part of your legacy also engine ops uh, the new engine ops coming out mm -hmm. i'm sure it's going to be great all right well listen ray thanks again we appreciate you coming down my pleasure sharing your knowledge for one final time uh who knows maybe in the future we'll have some re bring you back you never know <laughs> that'd be nice all right well, uh, i appreciate it thank you Thanks for listening to the FDNY Pro Podcast. I'm your host, Battalion Chief Brian Mulry. For more training and information from our subject matter experts, go to FDNYPro.org. FDNY Pro is online at FDNYPro.org. Subscribe today and get inside access to the FDNY. Learn more about our publications, professional conferences, and other tools for first responders. Train with New York's Bravest.